are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, today's message is going to be on the Great Commission. The Great Commission is God's plan to reclaim lost humanity, to share his plan of redemption, his love, his mercy, and his grace, to restore uh, what we lost through, through the fall of Adam. God has made, God has made the offer to us, and it is up to us as individuals to accept. Father, I just pray right now that you will bless your word to our hearts today. Lord, we want to thank you that you've got a plan. You've got a purpose. And you so much want your church to hook into this plan. You so much want us as individuals to be a part of that great commission. Thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Amen. The great commission in in Matthew is based on teaching the word. It is saying and doing by example. The Great Commission is Matthew's record of the final instructive words of Jesus Christ to his church before he's ascended into heaven. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. All authority. All means complete, total, absolute authority. Jesus said, I have that authority. That authority has been given to me of the Father And he passed it on to his church. This is one of the most important statements in the Bible. It initiates the transference of spiritual authority. We often go to conferences and meetings where a man or woman of God is anointed heavily by the Holy Spirit. And often, you are given the opportunity to come forward and receive a transference of that anointing. One thing that we fail to realize is that these people who operate in such strong anointing has paid the price. 
They have spent hours and hours in prayer. Communing with God and seeking His Word, reading His Word, so that they will have something to give to the congregations. And many times, the people who go for transference hasn't paid the price and not really willing to pay the price. If you want to move in the power and the Spirit of God, the way that God wants us to move, so that the Great Commission can go forth in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit, we are going to have to get serious with God and allow the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. Verse 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go therefore. Because I have been received, I have received power from the Father, all power. Therefore, I'm giving you that power and I'm saying go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Based on his authority, Jesus delivers this commission. Go, make disciples. And the church must continue to go forward. Anytime that we find ourselves on a plateau, we should be getting nervous. We should be getting before God and saying, Lord, What's happening in our church? What's happening in our congregation? We need to be seeing people healed, people born again, people being filled with the Spirit on a regular basis. We need to see marriages healed by the power of God. We need to see men and women excited about their faith. Can't wait for Sunday morning to come so they can come to church. And checking on the phone to see if that man, that woman, that family that you invited to come with you this Sunday is actually up and ready to come. Folks, We've got something to rejoice about. We have a God who is alive, who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He's our God. And we can expect great things from Him. He said, Baptized believers. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, he gave us the formula. God in three persons. Blessed Trinity. Now people that come to our church that are born again, they want to become members of our church. We don't require them. If they've been baptized uh, in, a, in, a, in a religion, denomination, 
that just uses the name of Jesus rather than Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We accept that. Because we, we understand and realize that when Paul was talking about baptizing in the name of Jesus, he fully understood. When Peter, on the day of Pentecost, coming fresh from seeing Jesus just a few days before that, said, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. We know what he was talking about. But Jesus gave us the formula, and so that's what we want to use in this church. The name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But if you come from another church and you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, that's quite okay with us. We receive that. But if Jesus gave the formula, I just want to obey Jesus. Amen? Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Observe all things. It's very important that we don't pick and choose from the Bible. That we don't just choose the things that we like and just forget the things that we don't like. Let's receive it all with gladful hearts. So observing to do all things, believing all things, and, and doing all things that he commanded. So maybe some of you don't really know. You say, well, Cool Lake Community Church is a nice place to go. They're lively. They got good music, you know, and preach is not too bad altogether. But here's what we, here's what we believe, and here's what we teach. I'm just going to go through these things now just in line after line, and I'm not going to explain it for you today, okay? Salvation by grace through faith in the finished work of Calvary. Jesus is the only way. There's not two ways. There's not a dozen ways. Only one way. Amen? Water baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. We believe that the initial evidence is speaking in tongues. You can come in here and worship with us, speak in tongues, all of that. But don't try to teach us that the, that the uh, speaking in tongues is not the initial evidence. It's not up for negotiation. Amen? But if you believe some other way, we're not going to look down on you or nothing like that. But when somebody gets baptized in the Holy Spirit here, we look to hear them speak in tongues. Amen? Uh, all of the gifts of the Spirit, okay? Every one of them. And all of the fruit of the Spirit. We believe in the five-fold ministry, apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and prophets. We believe in the priesthood of believers. That means that you've got power with God, brother, sister. Amen? You can pray for your loved ones. You can pray for your children. You can pray for your husband, for your wife. And that's a good, I, I like this one because you don't have to call me at 3 o'clock in the morning. You've got just as much as power as I've got. Amen? Let me sleep. We believe in divine healing. We believe in miracles and signs and wonders. We believe in the resurrection of the just and the unjust. We believe in the rapture of the church for believing Christians. 
We believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. We believe in deliverance from demons and oppression and depression and possession. The Bible is the inspired word of God. We believe that also. It don't just contain the words of God. It is the word of God, the inspired word of God. Now, having said all that, you have to attend midweek services to learn these things in full, okay? You're not going to get it from 30 minutes of listening to me preaching, okay? I'd be much longer than 30 minutes just to explain one of these things that we believe and that we teach, okay? So midweek, make sure you're out to midweek, and John will fill you in on all of the things that I leave out, all right? There's no substitute whatsoever for Bible teaching, not even Bible study. There's no substitute, okay? Keep that in mind. See you on Wednesday. Okay. Then we go to Mark's gospel, and, and uh, the communicated message of the Great Commission is seen there. Mark records the Great Commission, and it deals with the specifics of the message and how it is to be communicated. The gospel is to be preached. In Matthew, it says, teach it. And right now, in Mark, it says, preach it. Preaching the word. And it is also, it is saying and doing by example. It is not just do as I say, but don't do as I do. We live, we lead by example, we teach by example. That goes for us in, in the home as well, in how we conduct ourselves in front of our children, how we treat our husbands, how we treat our wives. The Bible tells us that we're living epistles, read and known of all men. Okay? We've all got a responsibility. It's not just the pastor. Amen? And so, the gospel is to be preached. In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 16, and then verse 20. And it says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. All the world and all nations. That's Canada. That even includes Coal Lake. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. You hear that? Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Some people say, well, you know, you can get baptized if you like. That's an option. Uh-oh. Listen to this. But. Everyone say but. But. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Well, you say, well, that's good. I, I, I'm still okay on my opinion that uh, I don't need to be baptized. Because the last part of that verse doesn't say be, be baptized. It says, whoever does not believe will be condemned. There's no need to repeat himself there. Amen? Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. So... If you do not believe, why do you want to be baptized? Right? 
If you don't believe, why be baptized? Jesus taught believers' baptism. Repent and be baptized. Think about that. If you feel differently about that, just think about it. Pray about it. Give me a phone call and ask me about it. Not a tree in the morning? Well, believe it, I've answered the call just about every, every hour of the, of the morning. But uh, these are very harsh words, but it's absolute. Jesus is saying, you are either a believer or a non-believer. If you're a believer, you'll be baptized. Unbelievers will answer on judgment day. Believers will be saved, forgiven, receive eternal salvation. They'll be baptized. We are responsible for sharing the gospel. I'm responsible for sharing the gospel. If I leave out something, knowingly leave something out because I might offend somebody, I'm going to have to answer to that. When I got to stand before God and answer for what I've been teaching, I don't want to have any regrets. We're responsible for sharing the gospel. The hearers will receive or reject the gospel. And there are always people making the decision. They come into our churches every Sunday morning. Some receive it and some reject it. That's not my problem. My, my mandate is to share the gospel with you. We speak the word. We're not called to be judges. I'm not a judge. I would make a terrible judge. The one who judges has all the facts. My life is an open book. Your life is an open book. He knows everything about us. He knows our thoughts and intentions. He knows our motives. He knows everything. Nobody fools God. Man, you can fool me any day of the week, any hour of the day. But you can't fool God. But the thing about it is, the judgment has already been set dependent upon the response. I could be an unbeliever today, and today I could decide to be a believer. And I will not have to worry about the judgment if I make that decision. I'm reminded of Jesus teaching on end time events, the second coming and the great tribulation in Matthew chapter 24. Verse 12, he says, Because lawlessness lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached into all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. As you read that, and you think about the situation that our world is in today. Could this be describing this generation? I think so. 
There's never been a generation that really has fit the bill so completely as today, in 2016. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. The media today, the technology that we have, somebody in any part of the world can go on our website and hear this same message that you are hearing right now. All over the world, the gospel message is being preached and taught. We're getting ready for the end times, folks. Every Christian has a role to pay, play in the Great Commission. We are to go and to bring lost people to Jesus, to teach them, to help them to become mature disciples. In verse 17, he says, these signs will follow those who believe. You remember that Jesus is speaking these words. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, that's in the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What a tremendous promise. Are you a believer? Do you believe the word of God? These are the sort of things that you and I can do. This is the power and the authority that you and I have as born-again believers. We have the promise of the Holy Spirit power to do the work. There are many ways to be involved in the Great Commission. There's a place for you and I to use our God-given talents. The Great Commission reaches far past the pulpit ministry. For many years, for much too long, Christians have depended upon what is done in the pulpit as the one and all method of reaching the lost. People have left churches because I haven't been fed. I'm not being fed, Pastor. And there's a world outside our door going to hell. And nobody's telling them about it. Listen, folks. A casual conversation with somebody will work. Sharing your everyday life, your everyday experience with someone. We're all going through the same stuff. If you've got teenagers, you're going through the same stuff as other people. There are other people that had teenagers too. They can share how God helped them with their children. 
There are plenty of first-time mothers and fathers in this church that love Jesus, that can share with somebody who is just beside themselves, don't know what to do or how to act or how to raise that little boy or that little girl who seems to have an extra anointing for energy. I get together over a cup of coffee. We'll work wonders. Sharing your faith. A word of encouragement to someone at work or your neighbor who's going through a difficult time and you've discovered the power of God to help you in difficult situations. You think, oh, they wouldn't be interested in hearing my story. You want to bet? Oops, we're not supposed to bet. (laughs) But they are, folks. They want to know, is there an answer? What are the reasons for life? How can I get over this situation? How can I accomplish this? Our marriage is is failing. There must have been nobody else who's going through what we're going through. Yes, they are. There's lots of them right here this morning in in this congregation, in this church. People who have, their marriage has just been about over and God has intervened and they have happy, enjoyable, loving, exciting Sexually active marriages. Because God is one that heals. He heals relationships. He's for you, for the whole man, the whole woman. He's concerned about every area of your life. And he wants to bring hope and joy into your life. And when you have found it, when he has blessed you, you are never blessed to keep it to yourself. You're blessed so that others can be blessed. That's a part of sharing the Great Commission. It's going into all the world. It's meeting your neighbor where they're hurting and saying, listen, I have a suggestion. This is what I did. I called my pastor. I called my friend. They pointed me to Jesus. I went into the word. I looked and I saw for myself. I dared to believe. And God has rescued me. He has solved this problem. And he'll do the same for you. If you will dare to answer him. Sharing your story of what Jesus has done for you is an amazing way of touching people for Jesus Christ. And then, of course, you could invite people to Alpha this fall. It's an amazing way to bring new believers into the church, new blood, new baby Christians, asking about God. What does this mean? I read this in the Bible. What does it mean? Show me. Tell me. Tell me more. I'm going to tell you there's nothing 
like having new Christians excited for Jesus Christ. It'll stretch you. It'll grow your faith. And you'll feel that you've done something for God. Let's just, first, well, before I close here, look at the Great Commission according to Acts. The Holy Spirit at work in Acts. The Great Commission at work in the book of Acts. The message preached and taught is to be delivered, to be delivered in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to be going in more detail in this Pentecost Sunday is coming up, and we're going, I'm going to be speaking on the power of Pentecost in that, in that service, but today, you can't talk about the Great Commission without the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Jesus was so adamant about this that he told his disciples, don't attempt to go with this message until you're being endued with power from on high. Amen? And so in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 5 and verse 8, now you have to, have to know that Acts is actually an extension of Luke. Luke wrote the book of Luke, and he also wrote the book of Acts. Verse 4. Acts chapter 1, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But you shall receive power, verse 8, you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Another version says, to the uttermost part of the earth. Everywhere. Amen? You'll be witnesses unto me everywhere. Holy Spirit is given to work with us, in us, and through us. The proof is revealed 10 days later. They've gone to an upper room, and they're there, and they're waiting. Jesus promised them to be endued with power. He says, stay in Jerusalem until you receive it. Acts chapter 2, verse 2 to 4. Ten days have passed. They're in one place, in one accord, in unity, all believing for the same thing, waiting. Suddenly, verse 2, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues of fire, as of fire, and one sat on each of them. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. That's a very important phrase there. They spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's the Holy Spirit. If I called you up here today and said, do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You say, yes, Pastor, I do. And I said, I'm going to lay hands on you now. And I start just talking some gibberish. He said, you say this after me. Praise the Lord. You got it. No, you hadn't. Unless by faith you so believed and the Holy Spirit took over. But it's not copying what somebody else has said. It's letting the Holy Spirit speak through you. Touching your spirit. Speaking into your spirit. Until you use your tongue to speak forth what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. It's all by faith. When the crowd asked, what shall we do? Peter then said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is unto you, your children, all who are far off and as many as the Lord our God will call. So in order to do the Great Commission, if the early church needed it, we sure need it today. We sure need the power of the Holy Spirit. Manpower just can't do it. It's amazing what we can do with the talents and the gifts that God has given us. But these talents and these gifts has been given us to be utilized with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so we should crave what God has offered us. The rest of the book of Acts is a, a record a recorded events of the Holy Spirit moving through ordinary people in miracle working power. People just like you and I. Most of them were simple folk. Most of them didn't have the level of education and understanding that we have in this day and age. But they had the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and that's what made the difference. And so thousands were being saved. Cripples were walking. The blind were receiving sight. Believers were being filled with the Holy Spirit. And Christians were doing the Great Commission. That's why it was happening, because Christians were being an extension of the hand of Jesus in their known world. And the church of Jesus Christ grew and grew and grew and grew. And that's what God wants to do today. God wants to do the same thing in Coal Lake, in the Lakeland area. And he is doing it through ordinary people like you and I. Who say, yes, Lord, I want to be involved.
We can influence others towards accepting Jesus as their Savior. It's just a matter of being available. You know, it's amazing how usually when a person becomes a born-again Christian, when they're new in the faith, they're so full of zeal. They don't know a whole lot. They don't know enough to be wrong. They just, they're just, it's just part of them. You know, I'll go into a, a restaurant and get my meal and we'll quietly pray. You see someone who belongs to the church, someone that you know, someone who's a good Christian. Hi, how you doing? Bring a new Christian into the situation. Pastor Hayward, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Wasn't that a great service on Sunday? Oh, yeah, yeah, keep it down, keep it down. <laughs> I'd like to see that happen again. And you know what happens when new Christians become born again, when people become born again? It do stir our hearts, too. Some of us who've been in the faith for a long, long time get revived. And that's good for us and it's good for the whole church. Peter said in 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Amen? Be always ready to give a reason. If someone were to ask you as you are leaving today, what do you believe? Would you be able to tell them? Always be ready to give a reason for what you believe and why you believe it. And do it with gentleness and respect. Don't be like a bull in a china shop. Honor people. Respect them. They have a different view than you. There are ways to lovingly, gently share Christ with them rather than, oh, you're wrong, man. You should be coming to this church. They're teaching you wrong over there. No, 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 no. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Love and gentleness. Remember, folks, people are watching you. If they see something of Jesus in how you walk and how you talk, how you act and how you react to different situations, they will want to know. What makes you tick? What's so different about you? I saw a sign in someone's office one time. If you're going around smiling, you probably don't understand the situation. Well, if you're a Christian, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen? And I can smile in some difficult situations. Because I know I'm a winner. I read, someone said, I read the end of the book. We win. 
Amen? But they'll observe you for a while. They're going to ask questions. And when they ask the question, it's your opportunity to share. Share Christ. To share the gospel. So now, one of my quick conclusions again. You guys are just amazed at how quickly I can conclude, aren't you? Every single one of us can get involved in the Great Commission. There's an opportunity for everyone. There's great power in your personal testimony. Don't underestimate what God has done for you, the miracle that he's done in your life can be a miracle for somebody else. You can tell about your healing, how God answered your prayer. Sometimes just a brief, kind word can change someone's whole life. It can mean a whole turnaround. So be alert for opportunities to encourage and comfort someone else. It's a good prayer to pray. Lord, give me an opportunity today to share my faith. You know, the opportunities are always there. Just, Lord, help me to be aware of them. How many of you, and myself included, have recognized opportunities when the opportunity was passed? Ugh. I missed that one. Say, Lord, help me to recognize it when it's actually happening. Ask the Lord each day for an opportunity to touch someone. You can be a soul winner simply by inviting people to church. So why not invite lots of people to church? Don't just stop at one. And don't just, the ones that you figure they, they probably will say yes. The guys you think that would never say yes might say, yeah, I'd be glad to come. I'd, you, you mean I can actually go to your church? Do you know something? There are people in this community who think they're not allowed to come to this church without an invitation. They don't know that you can walk in off the street, come in here and be just as much as anyone that's been coming for 20 years. Isn't that something? People don't know. A spirit-filled church service can have a dynamic influence on people. That's why we're encouraging people to move in the spirit. That's why I'm encouraging us to probably will have to have take a number and you can only stay for five minutes in the, in the prayer room and then you got to go out and let another group of people come in. Because I know the power of prayer. And now I'm getting off on another message so I got to Stick to my conclusion here. Okay, okay. A simple invite to church may be just what people need to help them make a life-changing decision for Christ. 
It promotes relationship rather than religion. And it's God's way. And it's the best way. Amen? Hallelujah. I don't know what the Lord's been saying to you today. This has been sort of a different type of message for me. But I do know that there's never a service but God is speaking to somebody about something. And if he's speaking to you today, we want to minister to you. Maybe you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior. I'd invite you to come today. Just come up and we'll talk with you. We'll pray with you. We'll show you how to have a personal relationship with Jesus. A lot of times we get those connect cards that go in and when we're praying over them, one of the things that will be ticked off is, I'd like to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. If you did that on your card this morning, why don't you just come? I'll pray with you. And you'll know Jesus as your Savior before you leave here today. We believe in praying for the sick. If you're sick, if you've been diagnosed with the most awful disease, doesn't matter. Jesus is able to heal. By his stripes we were healed. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. Yeah, still happens today. We'd be glad to pray with you. Amen? What is your need? Jesus is here to supply every need. This has been a good service. You've been a good audience. And our God is a good God. So if you want something from the Lord today, you want us to believe with you, then you come. We've got elders and board members that will come around. They're going to come right now. In fact, come on, guys. Just come and so that if there's someone that comes to want to pray, we have someone here. Amen? Turn it up a little higher, guys. Isn't it good to just wait in the presence of God? He loves you. He cares about you. You know something? He wants people who have never been in church to come in and be a part of us. The only way they're going to come. Just look at all of us here today. If you send Pastor Eastman out, send Pastor Hayward out this week, and how many people could Hayward touch? But if we all go out, 
Look how many people we could touch. Folks, that's what it's all about. We can come in here. We can have a bless me club. We can all get blessed. We can shout happy. We can dance and shout and cry and scream. All of these things, however emotionally built you are. But what good is that? If just outside of our door there are people who do not know Jesus and if they were to die this moment, they would be in eternity without God forever. That's the Great Commission. And by reason of my position as a pastor, I have more opportunity probably than any of you to reach people. But I know that when I was in the seat, just like you, and I was listening to pastors preach, I went through the same struggles that you went through. And a lot of times when I could have shared something of what Christ had done for me, I didn't do it. But one day God got a hold of my heart and I found myself kneeling at an altar, something like this in, in, in uh, Fort McMurray Gospel Church. And I was saying, Lord... Whatever you want from me, I'll do it. I'm tired of the way I'm living. I'm making more money than I can spend. But there's something wrong. And Jesus got a hold of my heart. And when I was silent, I heard Bible college. And the rest is history. And for the last 30 years, I've been trying to teach people what I'm teaching you here in this church. Some of them have listened. and Some of them have rejected it. But when it's all said and done, I've delivered my soul. You want something from Jesus, you come. He's more than willing to hear you today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.